everyone, and welcome to the Soul Anchor Podcast, where together we'll discover how to stay anchored in a storm and how to thrive. I've invited some friends that I deeply admire and whose authentic stories will encourage you to embrace hope when the waves crash. These are friends who have navigated some fairly deep waters of unthinkable circumstances and they've arrived back on shore resilient and strong. I'm your host, Cynthia Cavanaugh, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey everyone, so glad you're back with me this week, and I have a very special friend today, Latan Murphy, and so I'm so excited to have her. I met her a few years ago, and we just instantly had a heart connection. You know how that goes, where you just feel like you finally saw your long-lost sister or something like that. And so I'm just so grateful to have her to share with you today. So welcome, Latan. So happy to have you. Thank you so much. I echo everything you said. It was an instant sister connection. Yes, it was so much fun. And I think part of that instant connection was the shoes that you were wearing. We love shoes, don't we? And so I think we really love shoes. Yes, I thought that girl, she has my number. We are going to be good sisters. Well, before we get into our conversation, let me tell you a little bit about her. She is an author, a speaker, and a teacher. She says she is a lover of people and strong coffee. And I think she has, you can't see, but she, I think she has a cup of coffee in her hand right now. She is the wife to her husband, Joe, and they've been married 38 years this June. Congratulations. That's awesome. She's the mom of three. She's a grandma of three. And she also is the mother-in-law of two amazing souls. I know when we welcome those into our family, that is such a treasure, isn't it? That we've prayed for our kids that they will have partners and marry someone that is a good fit for them, but also a good fit for the family, right? So that, that helps, that helps anyway. But she is a creative brand developer. And she hosts a Leverage with Latan workshops. She works with writers, speakers, small business owners, and podcasters. So she helps to organize and execute ideas for success in transforming the world through their individual God giftings. Hey, I need to make an appointment with you. That sounds like something I could use a little help with too. So I didn't know that about you. That's great. Well, today we're going to talk about, she's written a book called Courageous Women of the Bible. And the tagline of that is overcoming fear and insecurity for a life of confidence and freedom. Yes, I love that. And so that's what we're going to talk about today is how do we live courageously and confidently in a world. And I know that we've all woken up the last several months or a couple of years, really, but the last little while where our world is in great uncertainty. And so I think this topic is just so relevant for right now. So let me ask you, Latan, how do we live courageously and confidently when there is so much uncertainty going on around us? And it might be, we might have lots of uncertainty in our own lives, but then you add with what's going on in the world that impacts us as well. That's a double whammy. So how do we live with courage and be confident? There is so much going on in our world, Cynthia, that causes fear and causes insecurity and causes our hearts to become overwhelmed with those things that are beyond our control. 
And I think the answer for all of us is pressing into the heart of God every day. Yes, pressing into the heart of God. And that seems like a simple answer, not that you're giving that answer, but that's what we would all say as believers in Christ, as followers of Christ. We know that our suffering is a momentary affliction, as scripture says, and that also scripture says we shouldn't be surprised by it. So I think on this side of the world in particular, we are kind of soft. We haven't developed our courageous muscles, so to speak and to live confidently. So how would we do that and just start taking steps to live courageously in Christ, to be able to face uncertainty? I'm so glad you asked that because it's such a practical question that needs to be answered for a broader audience to understand what we mean by pressing into the heart of God. So when I'm stressed, when I'm overwhelmed, when I feel insecure, my flesh wants to run to things like cookie dough or... Run to the refrigerator, chocolate. Press press my mouth against that spoon, right? With the chocolate chip cookie dough on it. And so, in context of pressing into the heart of God, I have to first of all know and understand how do I press into a God that seems so far away and so beyond my realm of grasp? How do I do that? And my answer for that would be just calling his name, even if we don't understand who he is, even if the listeners are unsure if there is a God. If you um, just know that you recognize there's a need and there's an empty hollow space in your heart in the situations that you're dealing with that are causing you great fear and insecurity and anxiety, that you can seek him just like you would seek information to Google something that you don't know the answer to. If we seek the heart of God and press into his heart, we can say, we can just say, God, I don't get you. I don't understand you. I don't even know much about you, but I'm interested in knowing I'm pressing in so that I can understand more about what you can do to help me. That's so good. And I love that you brought in the Google thing because sometimes we do that for scripture, right? Like we'll say, where does it say in the Bible, such and such? And that's fine. But if we want to get the most accurate (laughs) answers for that, say you're not as familiar with the Bible, like you don't know how to press in for a certain topic. I would just say, go to something like BibleGateway.com or Bible.com. And you can put in a topic. So say you're struggling with, you mentioned anxiety and fear, which are two top issues right now, I think, in our world. People are afraid. And for good reason. There is lots to be afraid about. And so a practical step would be, what I hear you saying is, we can look at that. We can almost research that like we would research anything else on Google. Like we would, you know, want to research about a destination we want to travel to. And I know I spend so much time sometimes researching either a destination or a product, and I will read reviews about things that I need to buy. And I love that you brought this up because I think if we want to learn how to live courageously and confidently by pressing in, we've got to put that almost that same amount of energy into researching, so to speak, how to live courageously by pressing into God as we do other things. That's the challenge is that we are created intellectual beings, at least we think so. And we have really learned to lean on the computer and on technology and on being able to pull anything up, any answer up, as you said so well, Cynthia, that we have question about. And yet 
many of us run from God and run to other things in the times when we need to run to the real truth and the real answer and the real way and seek out a life that can be better, that we're not going it alone, that we are pulling into a space that can offer us the answers in our individual situations, because we can call a hundred friends and get a different answer Yes, more time, but we're going to get the same answer from God. He is consistent and he is so loving and he is the God who says that he is truth, that he's the way, that he is the life. And of course, I've chosen that as the plumb line for my life circumstances. And I've been through a gamut of hardships in my life. And when I write about fear and insecurity and how overwhelming it can be, it's coming from a place of knowing what brought me to a place of joy and a place of just feeling confident in who I am, and more importantly, whose I am. Yes, I love that. Can you think of a time where in the past where you were really fearful or full of anxiety? And can you tell our listeners what you actually did practically, aside from reading the Bible and pressing into that, what you did to help push you through that so that they can hear that from you? I feel like there's a movie reel going in my mind with clips of my life. I'll be 60 this year, and I'm so thankful for the years the Lord has given me. Yay! (laughs) Yay! And um, all the things that I've learned, many the hard way, I will say, but I'm trying to choose one or two here. I would say the death of my brother which was such a shock. He was such a light in this world and affected so many people. There were 1,200 people at his funeral and 75 young people accepted Christ at his funeral, which is a mark of a life well-lived. Yes. And I was devastated to a point that I had never experienced a darkness and a depression in the way I did after he left this world. And even with the resources that I've been given my whole life, what you and I in the Christian realm would call our answer I still fell flat on my face in a dark space. So none of us are exempt from moments of weakness like that because we're so human. Yes. And it was your reality. And just because something like that happens to us and we might have the joy of the Lord, we know all the scriptures, we know that we're supposed to lean in. We still are human. I'm so sorry for your loss. I can't even imagine that would be so hard. But what was the pivot point for you to help get you off the floor, so to speak, like in the moment of darkness and depression? Was there a pivot point where God spoke to you or maybe he used a song or a friend or what was that pivot point to help you know that you were going to be able to breathe again, that you were going to be able to actually recultivate joy in your life? Well, I think that what your listeners need to know first is that whatever you're pouring into your life all along the way, all along life's journey matters. When you face death or when you face financial hardship or when you face your husband nearly dying of a 99% blockage in the Widowmaker artery as I did last year, or I could name so many things the Lord's brought us through. When you face these things, there is a reservoir that is still there underneath all the muddy places And I think that what we need to understand is that matters. It doesn't matter as much what we pull in in the moment, like whether I run to the refrigerator for cookie dough, God's a God of grace. (laughs) 
I'm I'm using it lightly, but we run to other things. But his truth is something that he says will never go void. And I had that reservoir of truth within me that the Lord, I believe, doesn't allow us to be exempt from pain. And some we never know the level of pain in which we will have to go, how deep we'll have to go in it. But I can tell the listeners that no matter where you are today, that what is within you will come out eventually. And if you are feeding your soul with podcasts like Cynthia's podcast, if you're feeding your soul with seeking to know God, with reading his word, with finding good, solid Christian material that will fuel your heart and get you prepared for life ahead of time, then even if you feel like you're dead inside in any given moment, that reservoir is going to bubble up within you at the right time and release something that frees you. Yes, I love that. And I'm so glad you brought that up because I'm a firm believer is what we build using an analogy of a boat, what we build below the waterline what we put in the ballast of the boat, those experiences, the feeding, the studying, the listening, the practicing God's truth is when we do hit a storm, that's going to become our anchor. That's going to be what we fall back on. Which leads me to this point is that you do lead a Bible study in Nashville about the women of the Bible. And that's part of helping women press in and lean in. And even when they're in what you would call, what I would call what you were talking about, the dark night of the soul is getting into a place where you're in community with other people, you're learning truth. Even if you can't finish the whole week of the Bible study, you're just there, you're in community and you're not isolated and being all by yourself. So you lead a study in Nashville about the women of the Bible and how has this impacted your own journey as a leader because you're loving and you're nurturing this women and how has it strengthened your faith? Well, one thing I'm always amazed by is the fact that no matter how many times you read God's word, there's something new and there's something fresh and there's something that springs alive inside of you, no matter what hard, dead thing you're walking through this dead desert place that you're experiencing right now, if you just will position yourself in a study or among Christian women, believing women, women that'll continue to lift your arms up in that desert and point you to a truth that will last, you'll get through it and you will be able to be an overcomer. And for me personally, I'm going through some very difficult things right now. I'm a mother with Alzheimer's. I could name a whole list of things, Cynthia, that are new challenges, new life challenges. A best friend, metastatic breast cancer with no hope except God healing her. The loss of a 30-year best friendship, January 1st, just a shocker. My best friend of 30 years, massive heart attack. So in the process of teaching, God's word has not come back void in my heart and in my mind. And every time, even when I don't feel like it, sometimes your flesh, you just don't want to study. (laughs) You don't want to read. You don't. Sometimes you want to sit with a box of chocolates or you want to go and curl up on on the sofa and watch another movie or a a series. Uh, Oh, go buy a pair of shoes, you know, or just all the things. And when we can just acknowledge a need within us and then think to ourselves, has any of this work before to solve anything, then our answer would mostly be no. Then our answer could be 
seeking the truth that we need, which I do believe is God's word because yes. I've that and seen that in my life. And every time I don't want to do it, when I still position myself there as an act of discipline, it really truly, it is a discipline to, it's the same as probably exercise, which I need to practice that more. You and me both, but it's like, it's our food, right? It's our, it's what we nurture and feed our body. And I'm glad you brought up the fact too. I think sometimes we feel like if we don't feel like, I know I'm using the word feel a lot here, but I know women are, we're very emotional. God created us to be deep thinkers and are deep feelers, many of us, right? And so sometimes when we're in stress or we're in pain, those feelings get exacerbated. They're heightened. And so that's the word when discipline comes in is we know if we take vitamins that they're going to make us our immune system strong, but I don't really like to take pills. I don't like to take vitamins, but I know that if I don't do it, that I run the risk of not having a strong immune system if I'm not taking care of myself. The same goes true for when we're struggling in pain. Our spiritual immune system, so to speak, needs to remain strong. And so when we go to the word and know that even if we can only handle a one verse a day, I remember when I was in the midst of a clinical depression and my pastor, I was meeting with him and he said, well, you just need to read the Bible more. Just sit and read in one long sitting. And I just looked at him and I said, you don't get it. I love God's word, but I can't concentrate right now. I can only have small little faith bites. And and sometimes when we're really in a dark place, that's all we need. We don't have to read a whole chapter or even do a dig deep in depth kind of precept type study mentally if we can't do it because we're such pain and darkness just holding on to one verse like I can remember during my depression I would say my favorite verse in the Bible was and it came to pass (laughs) you know (laughs) and it came to pass and that was God reminding me that I wasn't going to be in that place forever or God is near to the brokenhearted those crushed in spirit you know just one phrase that would get me through that day knowing that God was near me and that I didn't have to run away from him. So I love all those things that you said. And I think it's so important to recognize our own reality in that too. And then there are times where you're leading your women in Bible study and you have the capacity to really dig deep and get in there and pull out those nuggets and those truths. But there's no condemnation in that. He doesn't condemn our hearts. He knows our hearts as First John says, God is bigger than our hearts. So true. I was thinking, as you said, you know, sometimes you don't feel like reading that one little verse that you kept repeating when you were going through your dark time. And I tell the ladies who attend the Bible study, I don't want you to live under condemnation. I want you to not even put the pressure on yourself that if you have had a week that's been hard, don't let that keep you from coming come anyway. If you've not been able to read the scripture or read and prepare for the lesson, it's so good to come prepared. I love that. But I also want your listeners to understand that really God wants us to come that way. Sometimes we feel that we have to prepare ourselves a little bit more to approach him. And he wants us to come just as we are. And when we do, sometimes it's just a soaking. It's just learning how to be mindful of him around us and near us. It's learning to sense his presence. Maybe some of the listeners have never even had that experience. And that sounds so foreign to them. And the only way we can learn those things is by practicing and allowing our hearts to be quietened and to not always feel that we have to have noise going on or that it's 
it's an act that we have to perform. We have to read more. We have to study more. We have to, all the dues that we put on ourselves. Yes. I believe God wants us to come to him and just be his human beings, just to be with him. So I really want the ladies to experience that in my Bible study, because I know that that's a space that's truthful and honest and transparent, and it opens the gate for them to feel like they can just let it all out if they want to with a place that's trusted, a space that... You know how you go to a buffet bar and everything's already prepared? And as, yes. as, as a woman, that means something to us because you can show up, everything's done, <laughs> and you can fill your plate. And when we're going through a dark time or a sad time or a fearful time or an overwhelming time, as we're talking about anxious time, we need to go to a buffet. And a Bible study is kind of like a buffet where you can go and show up and you can fill your spiritual plate with what you need. And yes. what I yes. need is going to be different than you need. And what you need will be different from the friend sitting to the side of you. That's right. You might want fried chicken and I might want grilled chicken or I might want fish. (laughs) And God knows what we need. He knows what we need before we even ask. I love that. And I just think it's so important to be in community too. I love that you invite your women to come, even if they haven't maybe done their work for that week, because they've had a hard week. Sometimes just coming and listening to someone else share what they gleaned out will motivate us to make sure we get in the word the next week or just gives us courage to take the next step. It gives us the courage to take the next step. So when we think about taking these steps of courage, we've been talking this season about restoring our soul. And so when you're in a dark time, you need to take time to restore your soul, obviously. And that looks different for everybody. So is there a way that you, Latan, restore your soul? Like, what does that look like for you? If you're taking a step, you want to give more courage, more confidence, but you also knew you need to take care of yourself. What does that look like? Just another kind of creative way that God speaks to you when you take care of yourself. I think, honestly, if I'm honest, I need to work harder at that. I think that we have to be real with each other and know that as women, we can think we're taking care of ourselves and we're not. We're so far from taking care of ourselves and we don't even realize because we're so used to taking care of our families, taking care of our husbands, taking care of our children, our grandchildren, if you have them, our mothers. Many of us are in seasons where we have elderly parents and we think we're taking care of ourselves until someone asks that question. And then you realize, oh my, what do I do? Yeah, I drink a good cup of coffee every day, first thing. And I love that. But I want you to know that I am a place right now where I'm feeling the nudge to join a gym. So that's my plan this week. And I'm not saying that just because you asked me that. That's This is just a reiteration. Oh, I feel like God used you to even ask me how am I taking care of myself? Because I, I can't sit here and be a big fat liar to your listeners and say, well, every morning I have my coffee and then I have my devotions and then I exercise for two hours because that would be not true. Yeah, so, then we'd all hate you. Yeah, yeah. So I can say to you that life is a journey and that every day looks different for everybody and that life hinders many things that are the best things for us, the best decisions for us. Yes. Well, and exercise is important, but there's lots of other ways too, in addition to taking care of ourselves in that way, taking care of our temple, so to speak. And 
I guess what I was asking, and I know this wasn't on our, we have a little agenda here. It wasn't on because I'm a rabbit trail person sometimes, but just to give you an idea, I've lived near the beach for 12 years. And in the last year, I've taken more advantage of that, realizing how much that restores my soul. So I'll go down there for a walk. Sometimes I'll get, I don't drink coffee. I know. Please don't hate me. I'm a tea snob. So my drink of choice is from our local coffee shop in the area. It's called Woods Coffee. And they have what they call the Bellingham Fog because that's a town that's close by. And it's blueberry tea and it's steamed milk and some vanilla in it. So it's really relaxing. I can't do a lot of caffeine. So when I want to relax, I don't drink caffeine. (laughs) So I just go down and I walk and I look for sea glass and I talk to God. And honestly, I've been doing that more and more in the last several months because it just really ministers to me. Before, I think sometimes I would think I was restoring my soul by grabbing a handful of chocolate chips. And (laughs) one, one day I really heard God whisper to me, like, I don't care if you eat those because I was trying to do fast chocolate for a while as a discipline, but I was struggling with something. So I ran straight to the cupboard with the chocolate chips. And I really felt like God said, you know, you can eat that whole jar if you want to. I really don't care. I just want to know why are you wanting to do that? What's bothering you so much? And I realized in that moment that I wasn't running to him. So I'm trying to switch gears a little bit there and in how I'm restoring my soul and taking care of myself in better ways. But the exercise thing is so important too. And that's obviously a way we can take care of ourselves. Well, that's just for me. It's a, it's my body giving me signals for your listeners. It might be too, where you're experiencing physical pain and much of which could be from sitting too long, like we do as writers at our desk or sitting too long on the sofa watching TV for some of you maybe. So listen to your body. That would be the first thing I'm trying to listen to my body. I'm like you, I don't think it's wrong to eat the chocolate, but I'm trying to listen to my body until when I eat something that makes me feel really good and I experience more energy, I try to mark that down or even write it down. Like I felt really good today and this is what I've eaten and it's really helping like with mental clarity, with just, and as far as spiritually goes, I think what has helped me the most is coming downstairs in the morning first thing and just sitting, finding a spot where sunshine comes in the window, even in the winter and sitting in the light and just soaking in just that quiet minute with God, with my Jesus and allowing him to just saturate me for a minute in all the places that I need soaking. Yeah, that's really helped me a lot. That's good. Jesus and coffee. That's so good. As we wind down here, I like to ask my guests something fun about themselves. You said that when you drink coffee, you usually wear it (laughs) on you at some (laughs) point. But the thing I want to ask you about, you have some stories here when you thought your cell phone cord was a snake in the grass behind (laughs) you. Tell me about that. I was taking something to my next door neighbor that the space between our houses is very wooded and the leaves had piled up and they would take care of the rest of the yard. But in that dead zone space, it was really so bad. You couldn't see your stealth at all. There are copperheads in that area where we lived at the time. And I knew that because I had seen them often. And so I had that in my head as I'm going across between that space between our yards and fear began to mount. 
And I just started running like a Clydesdale horse. Like I literally was knees up, down, up, down as high as I could get. And then something behind me was making this noise, like a slithering sound in the grass, like it's coming behind me. And the faster I went, the faster it went. And I was so terrified that in my mind, by the time I reached my friend's house, I literally thought an anaconda, that this thing is so big and it's chasing me. I've never thought about a snake chasing a person before, but fear does crazy things. Fear makes you think in ways that you never would dream that you would think and it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger in your mind and many times the fear is just a lie in this case fear was a lie and as I stepped up to my neighbor's porch steps I heard a clunk clunk on the concrete step and I looked back my purse had been on my shoulder and my phone cord was hanging out and dragging the leaves (laughs) so my snake that I was so afraid of was actually something that was not even real and something that I had conjured up in my mind that was way bigger than what it was. And I just think there's probably some listeners today who are experiencing fear and maybe they could just sit quietly in the sunshine one morning with their coffee and allow themselves the privilege of soaking in the presence of God for him to speak truth into that place and to reveal what the lie is underneath that's trying to torment them. So that's so good. And in your case, it was your cell phone cord hanging out from your purse. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a good visual because, you know, when we do believe a lie or we are fearful, it can be something as simple as that, or we haven't talked it all the way through. I love that. That's so good. That's so good. So where can people find you? They can find me at latanmurphy.com. They can read my recent book if they really want to know where my heart is with the women of the Bible, courageous women of the Bible, and they can purchase on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. I just would count it a privilege if anyone out there wanted to just talk about courage and you can email me at latan.murphy at latanmurphy.com. Okay. And we'll put that in the show notes for you. So the courageous women of the Bible, I just want to ask, can you just give us quickly which women of the Bible are in that book? Some of the key ones. It's Deborah and Jael, Mary, mother of Jesus, the widow with two coins, and the woman with the issue of blood. Those are a few. And Abigail, there's a few others. They're women who weren't talked about as often as Mary and Martha and Ruth and Naomi. So it was a joy to write about those women. I can't wait to meet them when I get to heaven. They seem like best friends now. Yes, I can't wait. I hope there's coffee and tea at Bellingham Fox. (laughs) We can can sit around. We can introduce them to those nice beverages, but it'll be so fun. So Latan, would you pray us out today and pray for the women that are listening or pray for the people that are listening? I know we have a few men listening in from time to time as well. Father, we just thank you for your everlasting love, that it is the kind of love that never ends, that there's no beginning and no ending, that you are the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end of all of our days, and you see everything, Lord. Everything is before you, and you love us anyway. And Father, I just want to say thank you for Cynthia, and thank you for this podcast. I pray blessings over it. I pray that every listener today hears from you and that they feel so drawn in by your love and your grace, knowing that they can come just as they are and experience more of you, more of your courage to overcome their fears and insecurities to live confidently. Lord, I just pray that their hearts will be anchored in you. 
In your holy and precious name, I praise you. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for being on the Soul Anchor podcast today, Latan. Thank you so much for having me. Wasn't Latan just such a beautiful guest today? I just love her heart and her spirit. And she so real, so authentic with us and what she's doing right now and how God's speaking to her and how she is trying to live out what she's written about in the Courageous Women of the Bible, her book. So I'm so happy that I had a chance to share her with you today. So just a couple of things before we sign off for the rest of the day. It's been one week now since the Godly Kings of Judah, Faithful Living for Lasting Influence has been released last week. We just rounded up the eight-day challenge yesterday. We had a great time with almost 100 women. And if some of you were with us, you know we had a great time, had some really fun giveaways as well. I'm sad because it's over. However, I just want to let you know and remind you too that if you've been following the Soul Anchor podcast and have been listening every week, that we do have an opportunity starting April 27th in our Knowing God Through the Old Testament series, we are going to be starting the Godly Kings of Judah Bible study. So you can go to my website, CynthiaCavanaugh.com. I'll also put this in the show notes and sign up for that Bible study and you will get details on that coming up. So thanks again for joining me today and I will see you next week. Thanks so much for joining me today on the Soul Anchor Podcast. Grab a friend and join our community at thesoulanchor.com. You'll receive resources from time to time to help you through your personal storm. If you've been encouraged today, would you please consider leaving a review, subscribing, or sharing this podcast? I would ever be so grateful. Until next time, remember, you're not alone, God is for you, and you will get through this.